previous episode, we decided to dive into the self in order to discover the ins and outs of the self, in order to discover who or what you are. I think it is best to start with what can be seen. First and foremost, you are the living organism. You are the body in all its complexity and beauty. You are the heart, brain, sweat, leg, fingers, tears, lungs, the breath you take in and out, the cells, the voice, the organs, the nerves, the sensations, and so on. I think you get the picture. This is fairly obvious because it can be seen, it can be felt and touched. But is that all you are? Most people would disagree and say there's more to that. Now, let me ask you a question. What is it that says that? What is it that disagrees? Who says that no, there's more to that? Is it something inside them? Something deep inside? That's what we call the self. The psyche, the me or the I. Some may go on and call it the soul, the spirit, the higher being, etc. But can we look at it and find out for ourselves? Can we forget for just a while forget what people have been saying? Can we just look? So let's look at it and discover what it really is. Now, this is going to be very tricky for you to understand if you still have any authority whatsoever. So before looking at this, make sure you've listened to the previous talk about authority. Let's get started. Suppose we meet today at the airport. Let's call this meeting the airport meeting. Then I ask you, who are you? What is your response? What will be your response in that case? Well, of course, you'd say, my name is Smith or Margaret. I'm English. Uh, I live across the street. I'm going on a holiday with my family. Here's my husband and so on and so on. So the me is the image that you've created along the years. The various identifications, such as your name, your religion, your your national and racial associations, your family. The various accumulated memories of your past experiences. I've done, heard and seen this and that. I'm good at this. And I hate that. I love this and that. The various future plans and hopes. All that is part of the self. That forms the me, the I. Now, if you pay attention, you will see that the essence of the self is thought. What puts together the self are your thoughts. It is the process of thinking 
that gives one that sense of tangible entity which is referred to as me, as I. Now, can we find out what thought actually is? Because if we start looking at all the little parts of the self, we will never finish analyzing. The list is never ending. And quite frankly, I doubt if there's any value in looking at all the tiny little parts of the self. It is best to go to the source of the self so that we can avoid all its traps. And trust me, the self has never-ending traps. You see, the self is so illusory, so clever, so cunning that you need to be extremely aware and sensitive to be able to see through it. Otherwise, you will live in a world of illusions after illusions. So, what is thinking? How does thinking start? Well, going back to our previous example, the airport meeting. When I say the airport meeting, for example, what happens in your brain? There's a remembrance of the example, right? Please look at it. This is very subtle. You hear the words airport meeting. Automatically, the memory of that meeting is triggered. And that is a thought. Then you might say, I remember that. Isn't that statement, I remember that, just another thought? But this time, just look at it but this time the second thought assumed authority over the previous one it assumed it is more real more important than the initial thought let me use another example suppose you bump your toes on a table you feel the pain and automatically think oh my god this hurts that is a thought. Then you think, I should have worn shoes. It was going to hurt less. That's another thought, right? Then another thought pops, almost out of nowhere, and says, is the food that left in the microwave not warm enough? Then another thought comes and says, Oh, the doctor told me not to eat late at night. Another one says, well, just for today, I ignore that, that advice. I'm too hungry. Another thought says, I hope this toe will stop hurting soon. And so on and on. That process of thinking is what you call I. That is the self. Every new thought assumes the superiority over the previous ones and plays the role of the I. The one in command, you know, the only thought. But if you really look at it, it is just thinking in action. Nothing more, nothing less. Can you see that? 
You don't need my examples to see that. It is happening right now as you're listening to this. Just look at it. So, basically, the interactions of the various memories is the creation of thoughts, which in turn become new memories, therefore creating other thoughts, and so on. Thinking is therefore a movement, always moving. One action becomes a reaction. The reaction becomes an action, which in turn becomes the reaction. There's no beginning thoughts or ending thoughts. There's no real cause and effect. The cause becomes the effect, and the effect becomes the cause, over and over. Please, see the reality of this. If you need to, take a minute and look at it. Because if you don't understand this basic fact, then what will be discussed from here on, it will not make sense at all. But if you can see it, not because I say so, but if you can see the reality of it, from here on, everything that we'll talk about will make sense. You have to see it for yourself, not as a theory, but as an actuality. And I repeat, not because I'm saying so. I could be telling the truth or I could be lying. So find out for yourself. So then, what is the self if the very essence of it is thought? Is there a self at all? I mean, is there a psychological self at all? The physical me is there, that is obvious, but within, so to speak. Is there anything but thought? Isn't there just a process of thinking? Whether that process identifies itself with the divine, the ego, the self, the unconscious, or whatever name suits itself, it is still thinking in operation. So why is there thinking in the first place? What's the use of thought? Well, thinking is terribly important. You wouldn't be listening to this if it wasn't for thought. We need thought to be able to walk, eat, build, learn and use languages, coordinate human efforts, improve technology, understand each other, and so on. Without thought, you would forget where your house is, for example. So thinking is terribly important. In our daily lives, thinking is an absolute must. But can we keep thought in its proper place? Meaning, can thought know its own limitations and stay clear and rational at all times so as to avoid unnecessary conflicts and illusions? 
Now the question is, can I stop that process? If you say yes, I can, or no, I can't, then you've already lost. That will still be thinking in operation. You see the difficulty of it? Please look at it. The moment you say, yes, I can, that is thinking. So you have not stopped thinking. Right? Before finding out whether it is possible or not, we should perhaps ask, why? Why are we to stop thinking? Well, because clearly, as long as that process is in operation, one can never see the whole. Thought is always divisive. It is one thought against the other. One memory after another. It can never see the whole. And our ultimate concern here is to find out how all of this came to be, including thought, right now. And as we said in our earlier talk, we first have to understand what is going on with ourselves before we can possibly touch the infinite, the immeasurable. A pretty little mind that is so burdened with thoughts can never leave that area. Anything and everything it does is thinking. And in thoughts, a sea of illusions, conflict, fear awaits. The moment thought tries to understand what God is, for example, it is the beginning of illusions. The moment thought tries to understand life, death, it is the beginning of despair, fear, and again, illusions. To see the eternal, one needs to first get rid of the self. Be free from the self. Be free from the constant chattering that goes on in our minds. And since freedom is an absolute must for the mind, I would like to talk about fear next time so that we can completely annihilate it. Sorry, my English is not perfect. Because with fear, there can never be freedom. There can never be freedom to understand. Right now, all that is going on in your head is thinking. You could be thinking about what I'm saying, you could be thinking about your own Lira affairs, your work, your kids, your family, your job, all that is going on in your head is thinking. So it is very important to be free to observe. Because if you live in a world of thought, you can never live that area I repeat it you can never leave it don't try and understand the immeasurable God or fear or simple things as pleasure if you're still stuck in thought if you can't observe if you're not free to observe 
you will never leave the thinking process.